Hello everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, The Myths. This is a show where we tackle common myths in the health and fitness industry, giving our personal view on them and bringing you that study backed data as well. This week we explore warming up before exercise. We obviously aren't saying you shouldn't warm up, however sometimes certain warm ups could potentially be a waste of your time and could perhaps even limit performance. The discussion does heat up at times as we bring in the mental impact of warming up on different individuals or as Tom calls it, rituals. Some really great discussion in this one with loads of back and forth and some of what's said may actually surprise you. So, let's get into it. Hello boys, wow, I can't even do, what? (laughs) What What the fuck is that? Jesus Christ, that is horrifying. I can't even do the intro properly. Oh my god. Right, Tommy, you take a picture of that. Take a picture of that. It's like, and it's stay like right there. This is fucking Chucky. <laughs> I've just pressed play. I've just pressed record in the podcast and this is what fucking pops up. Jesus Christ. That is horrifying. Oh my god, the more you okay. look at it, the scarier it gets. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a little Z Kyle. We've offended the Germans again. I tell you what, it's like working with children, you two. I tell you. Listen, oh. we've not offended the Germans. We've offended the, the Third Reich. That's okay. You can offend the Third Reich, just don't offend the Germans. Should we try that again, boys? Don't mention uh, the war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Hello, boys. Welcome back. Hello, mate. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm right, yeah. Let's just, let's just pretend the last 30 seconds never happened. Move, moving swiftly. Yeah, we'll just move the very <laughs> on. All right. You guys all right? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Tom, you all right, mate? No, I'm in shit state now. I'm still trying to be serious after what... After we had our, our warm-up podcast before the actual podcast. Oh, like we're dropping it in there a little bit. We are. Just a little bit. What are you doing now, Andy? What is that? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Mate. Is that a fork? It's a baby fork. <laughs> you got a baby fork? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm tired today and just stuff's just randomly peeking out at me. <laughs> what the oh fuck is going on? Like, should we... <laughs> no, go on. Tom, Tom, mate, get... What have you got for us this week, mate? Come on, let's get straight. Let's get straight to the custard. Let's go. What, what do you mean? What do you? What do I mean? I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean? Get into what? Get into what? The podcast? The topic? Well, fuck it. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, what did what, what? Why? Why give it to me? What is it you're asking for? Ask me. What are you asking for, Bill? <laughs> you know what I'm asking for, Tom. I don't have to explain myself every fucking week. <laughs> so you're. Oh, this has got awkward. <laughs> give the people what they want. Fucking out. Okie dokie. I'm not behind this next uh, theory, but it is going around at the moment. But did you guys used to watch? Did well, did you guys used to watch Art Attack as kids? Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Neil Remember B- Art Attack? B- yeah, Neil Buchanan. He used to wear like the red, yeah. the red, the red jumper, and he used to do like all yeah. the mass. It made like a space rocket, <coughs> ironically, uh, out of fairy liquid bottles and stuff like that. Well, people are saying that say he's what Banksy. Going to say? Yeah. No. Not Neil him. Buchanan too... might be Banksy. He's too good. He's too good. Who's too good? Banksy or Neil Buchanan? Neil Buchanan. He's too. He's too level. He's he's above that. That, that he wouldn't sink point. to that level of drawer on walls. And not only that, but what Neil Buchanan did was that was actual art. So he'd like make a roller coaster out of straws. He'd make like a spaceship out of a fairy liquid bottle. Yeah, blew my those, mind. Those giant collages as well, like out of shitty pants. And that rubber head. Yeah. That rubber head. Oh, yeah. But Joe, you know what? We've actually got... Me and Bill know someone that looks exactly like that rubber head. Shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. James. What's, what's yeah, their name? James. 
James. Hello, uh, James. Um, I'll tell you what we'll do, just because he's no longer listening to our podcast for whatever reason, we'll actually put up a, a side-by-side photo just to fuck him over, because he's never going to find out, is he? I guarantee he will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say his last name on the podcast. Yeah, I'm going to say his last I name. can say it in WhatsApp, though. Send Here's it to the thing. now. Here's the thing. We've actually got... <laughs> When we first oh, you've got the side by side, I've you? got a side by side picture. So what oh. I'll do, Andy, is I'll actually send you the picture uh, oh, after the do. podcast if I can find it through my eight thousand memes on my phone. I'm I'm literally waiting for you to send it me right now. I've got like twelve thousand memes on my phone, and I have to scroll all the way back to my uh, mad time in Malia to find that picture. Oh, and oh, that, right, right, I didn't even start the episode yet. I know. Can we get into it because I'm running right, out of fuck steam? Me. <laughs> you know why I mean it warm up probably that's why oh. speaking of speaking of warming up though today's episode we're back with another Myths episode and we are talking about the myth that is warming up before exercise ah now that's proper oh. clickbait isn't it we that, have is, that is clickbait can we just clarify what we actually mean by that because we are being a bit dicky here aren't we and we are using a bit of a clickbaity title but um, but we're not we're not saying that are we we're not, we're not saying that Warming up is a myth because it is important to warm up. I mean, for example, you know, it is, it is essential that you warm up for certain things. However, what we're going to get into is that certain warm-ups perhaps are useless uh, and some warm-ups, you know, are more beneficial and people are maybe doing it the wrong way or spending more time doing warming up when they don't need to. For example, I've got a really good study here which kind of just generalizes the benefits of a general warm-up on athletic performance. So... It's a systematic review with meta-analyses. We obviously will post this in the show notes that we normally do. I'll read a couple of lines here because there's an absolute cracker here. It says, Studies investigating the effects of warming up performance improvement in physical activities were included. Studies were included only if the subjects were human. That's good, that's good to know. <laughs> and only if the warm-up activities other than stretching. So it, this is just talk about general. I don't think it's talk about stretching here at all. It's just about normal warm-ups. And they basically came to a kind of conclusion that this analysis has shown that performance improvements can be demonstrated after completion of adequate warm-up activities and there is little evidence to suggest that warming up is detrimental to sports participants. Notice when we talk about this study, it's all about sports and athletes. It's very sort of specific to their, you know, athletic sporting performance. So obviously you, you see, you know, top Olympians, they're always warming up, aren't they? But they're doing proper warm-ups for their, for their sport, okay? I mean, the one important line in that was that um, you know those the studies did use human subjects, which is very important because you know I I don't think like you could do this kind of study on say a horse and <laughs> like prepare a horse to warm up for the bench press. I don't know how that would work. I don't, I don't know if it would work, would but it? They, how would that work? They, they've yeah. got hooves. Yeah, but maybe maybe they're in on the uh, Mark Zuckerberg and um, Neil Armstrong theory. Maybe, maybe that's who they're talking talking about. Possibly. Maybe it's not evolved to have thumbs yet. Like, you could actually imagine how <laughs> horrifying that would be, a, a horse with thumbs. Oh, it'd be weird. That They'd would be, be opening weird, their own gates and stuff. That'd oh, well God, weird. can you imagine the chaos? Mm. Like, the next time, like, the Grand National comes around, they won't be actually leaping over that big hedge anymore. They'll just be, like, climbing with their, not their hooves, their <laughs> hands. Can you imagine horses with thumbs? Hands. I feel like that's a Photoshop job for you, that, Tom. What? I think you need to get something a, top, ho- mate. a horse with hands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, like, when the horse falls over the hedge on the last big hedge of the Grand National, and like, like, oh, fuck, is that horse all right? And the horse actually gives you a thumbs up, like, yeah, sounds, mate. <laughs> I'd imagine. I don't know why it's a scouse horse. <laughs> it's always a scouse, you know? It's always but a scouse. On a serious, serious note, though, it is actually quite important because there's a lot of studies out there which people will cherry-pick to say that to support their back, their point of view. But however, 
they're not on human subjects they're on like rodents for example yeah and it's that they're the sort of studies you have to be sort of cautious of because they're not you know when you compare that a rat to a human you know it's completely different yeah so that that's why they've made it clear it was humans when we were talking about this i looked at um static and dynamic stretching because there's right fucking loads of dirty talk about it. it's like one's really bad and one's really good uh and i have I have an opinion on it and, and how I perform on it and that we'll talk about later. But So I went on the Journal of uh, Strength and Conditioning Research. I don't know where where it was, but yeah, I was on, on this journal. And they basically did the effects of warm-up involving static and dynamic stretching on agility, sprinting, jumping, performance in trained athletes. Mm. They fucking picked like 22 guys that all were at like national levels in their sports. Kept, okay. kept, kept all the everything the same. So like what I think time I've read they, this actually. Yeah, sure, what time they performed yeah. and all this yeah. sort of stuff. Uh and I'll just scroll down to the bottom. It was pretty fair. There's loads of numbers in here, so uh you know that it was. We'll link it in the show notes, mate. Yeah, but basically the the outline of it was there was there was no difference between like dynamic stretching and uh static stretching. I think it just comes down to what you prefer personally. What were these sportsmen? Did it say, did it, were they like athletics, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was all athletics. Yeah. So they were all like national athletic, uh, fuck it, uh, equivalent in in their field of sport. Well, I I can imagine because when you're doing these sort of dynamic stretches and stuff, you're basically looking to increase your ROM, aren't you? Your range of movement. Yeah. If you're doing a sprint, do you really, does your leg leg have to touch your ear? You know what I mean? Do you have to bend bend your heel around to touch the back of your head? You don't, do you? So I just, if anything, it could be detrimental, I'd say, to be spending a lot of time doing st- dynamic stretching. I mean, that is a uh, performance. It, it is funny you say that because I think I've seen the same thing as well. And it feels like my when I think of warm ups and I think of old static and dynamic stretching straight away, my biases because of what I do, which is mainly just like barbell coaching, straight away I think warm ups in, in well static stretching and dynamic stretching. I think oh, well, what are the benefits? What are the cons and pros for? resistance training but yeah we've got to take into account that you know it things don't begin and end with resistance training it's also flex as you mentioned andy so that's a good point because yeah my bias is i'm just like well how's that going to affect a bench press or a squat or a deadlift you put that study in didn't you Tom, about uh resistance training in general saying how it doesn't actually make a difference in muscle adaptation so you're not going yeah. to increase muscle size or muscle growth or anything by doing these sort of static or dynamic warm-ups before uh what was that was a who was that from? That was strength and conditioning again, I think. So, I mean, there is one there is one interesting thing to know about static stretching in particular is so there is evidence uh there is evidence to show that static stretching can kind of like have detrimental effects on like I think it's power. Yeah, so yeah. Overall strength I've or power, that. one or the other, or maybe both. I cannot remember. Uh, I'll attach a study to the show notes when I can eventually find it because this was a while back that I saw this. So when I first read that, I was just kind of going around gobbing off, saying, "Yeah, static stretching is bad. It's gonna, it's gonna affect your performance." But it's it's only now that I I've understand understood how to actually read studies and translate them, and be more of a critical thinker. That when I read through those papers again. There's a bit of a caveat to that, and that is, well, it depends how long you're stretching for. So if you stretch for like a long period of time, and I can't remember the time, I don't want to... So here's the thing. My instinct is saying, say anything above 60 seconds, but, you know, don't quote me on that just yet. Read the show notes instead, because I might be wrong. But if you're 
doing static stretching for a very long period of time, then you'll get those detrimental effects. But if you stretch for short periods of time, then you can get that acute improvement in like a range of motion, flexibility, etc. But without any of the detrimental effects of uh, of losing any power and strength. So, you know, I've refined my opinion over the year. Uh, it does have its place. Wasn't that about, have you boys heard of PNF as well? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure that's something that's used to, that's what you're saying about that cute, quick, I'm sure that's what PNF's used for, is that, that, that quick impact to quickly get a bit of right, extra range of movement nice and quickly without messing around. You literally do a bit of PNF and yet you're in the game instead of doing these long stretches, which you say could be detrimental to power output. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in regards to, so yeah, like let's say, I mean, a good a good one to use would be like CrossFitters actually. So you guys need to kind of like have a, um, don't get me wrong, you need to conserve your power and your strength because what you do is a very powerful sport in regards to the lifts you do. Cheers, Tom. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, uh, humble brag there, uh, train primal. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those things where a couple of years ago I would have been all over saying, do not stretch, do not static stretch at least, do not do any static stretch and you're going to lose your power. But it's like, well, if you're doing a stretch for 30 seconds, chances are you'll, you might get that ROM that's needed for those lifts, but you're not going to lose any power. So, you know, my attitude to static stretch in particular has kind of uh, eased over the years, so to speak. Yeah, specifically for weightlifting, I think it's it's really important, like the dynamic stretching, because we all know what it's like to get ah, these overhead so positions. So just, just to clarify, I was talking about static stretching. Again, again, it's it's all relevant to what they're doing, because a lot of, a lot of um, let me say, it, like, let's look at powerlifters uh, and weightlifters and stuff like that. We're going for a squat. Okay, cool. You're not really going to, uh, stretch the bottom half because you're going to ramp warm into it you know what I mean? you're just going to do the sets build up like we always do but what you might find is they might stretch the sort of front end their chest you know because after a heavy chest day it's got that sort of pull in shoulders okay, yeah, a bit yeah. here so trying mm. to get into that you know you see him trying to fight don't you yeah so you might want to it because you stretching off your chest you know what i mean your pecs for a couple minutes either side it's not going to impede the performance on your legs, you know? So I look at, there might be places where it is relevant because I might want to stretch my top half off to get a barbell on my back. In like low bar, I look at them and see how they're in a position. I'm like, oh yeah, that looks uncomfortable to me. (laughs) Me Yeah, it looks like it hurts. But so I can, I can potentially understand why I'm not really one for stretching very much. I just kind of, Use the first round as a warm-up, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a discussion with someone in the gym today about it. They were on about, yeah, so I was doing squats. I, 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 I need to make sure I'm fully mobilised and stuff. And I went back to what we discussed saying, well, really, if you're going to do like squats or deads or any of these big lifts, you, you use your ramp-up sets and you adapt. Your body just adapts mm, yes. to the position. You get into it. You warm up into it. There's no need to spend 20 minutes doing hip openers and you know yeah. hamstring walkouts because it's kind of, as you said, it's not. it's a waste of your time. It might make you feel one. better. You might feel comfortable in your head. Yeah, and that's another one. In reality, it might be a comfy thing. It might make you lift better yeah, if you feel better. That's why I said I said that probably if you feel better, great, but in reality, it's not really needed. One thing I would say, uh, and this is more aimed at soldiers, is because because we spend a lot of time in boots, um, yeah. a lot of us would lose that sort of ankle mobility over time because of the fact that we get looked after. Our boots are there to look after all of that sort of fucking lower end in the ankle and what we lose is the stability everything like that yeah and the 
boots designed to look after it. But what happens is we get stiff because eight o'clock in the morning, we're in boots and we're not getting out of boots till five, six o'clock. I mean, unless you work period. in the gym, Andy. Unless you work <laughs> in a gym where you're just in your fucking <laughs> pants all day like you are, Bill. But like any, all the real soldiers, um, they're going to lose that sort of ankle mobility over time, yeah. aren't they? So I probably would say spend a little bit of time. Like I, I sometimes do, especially if I've been in boots a bit, I will work the ankles. I'll probably only go for about a minute on either side, kettlebell on either knee in a squat position. Yeah. Just just to sort of wake it up and say hello. But I, I, no, I was going to say, um, I think like any listeners that spend a significant amount of time in, in, in boots, uh, specifically in the military or the police, they're going to know exactly where you're coming from with that because bloody hell, especially if you, you're one of those types that do your laces all the way to the top, there's not much flexion. And the thing is, we do know that the body adapts, but it can also kind of like, what's, do I want to say this word? Regress as well. And it's almost like you're, if you're wearing boots like day in, day out, and you've got a lack of flexion there, you know, you can get stiff because your body adapts to that, the lack of motion, so to speak. Have you seen the new boots that have come in? I've still got my uh, my Altberg. What about Akus, mate? No, these are literally under the under the ankle cut boots. There's no, they don't rise up. Oh, they're what? basically shoes, mate. Trainers. They look disgusting and they're shit. <laughs> but but the army has evolved a little bit now yeah. to say like we understand that you need that that the mobility. You need that flexion. I mean, I've got a secret. I I I, only, I don't lace my last two loops up. So I almost wear my, I wear my boots like an actual trainer or a hiking shoe. So I leave I leave the two or three loops. I know that puts me at risk of an ankle strain, especially with load on me. But it is nice to be able to get that flexion, especially when you are yeah. fucking mashing it up a hill. Well, I think what we've identified there, though, guys, is how how specific it can um, how specific it can actually be. Yeah. So I've got one study here. Then they, these guys they did like a um, they looked at all the current literature about stretching and dynamic stretching in general. Um, and this, I'll just read you a little bit, an extract from this. And they said the benefits of stretching seem to be individual to the population studied. So if they did it on soldiers, for example, they'd get a completely set of different results to someone who's normal generation, uh, general population in a in a commercial gym. All right, uh, they've they put several factors must be considered when making clinical rec- recommendations from the literature. Once again, it depends on who you're talking to and their lifestyle, whether you can recommend dynamic and static stretching. They also follow up with. To increase range of motion, all types of stretching are effective, although PNF type stretching may be more effective for immediate gains. That's what I said earlier. If you want a quick a bit of immediate mobility, do a bit yeah. of PNF. A bit said to avoid decrease in strength and performance that may occur in athletes due to static stretching before competition or activity, dynamic stretching is recommended for warm-up. So if you have to choose between dynamic and static for performance, it's better to do dynamic. Do you know, I think it's what we alluded to earlier anyway. Do you know, I've just realised we keep on saying all these words and half the listeners probably don't know what they actually mean. So when we actually say like static stretching, that's where you're you're stretching the muscle without kind of moving. So if you're standing you're up... sort of stood still. Yeah. Let's say sort of bend over, touch your toe. Yeah, and you, you hold that there. position. And hold it. And you hold yeah. it. Whereas dynamic would be as if you're you're, you're standing up, but you, you're holding on to something. You're holding on to the. Would you say like a walkout? You know, a hamstring walkout. Where you sort yeah, of walk your hands like out move, in front of a plank it, and then walk for back me, up again. It'd be like a, a movement, a, a continuous movement that stretches mm. a muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could simply be pushing your arms out and pushing them back again. It was if you're doing like an uh, a an arrow. So there's nothing in your there's there's nothing actually in your hands, but you're just pushing your arms back and forth. Or if you're swinging your legs back and forth, like doing a high kick back and forth. So you're stretching the muscle. 
but you're using mo- movement. You're yeah, so there's no, there's movement. no pause. There's no pause in it. Is there? Yeah. You're sort of taking it to yeah, its exactly. extremities and coming straight back out. And what you're trying to do is is consistently moving, and you're trying to increase it over time. So you might do it more. You might do it even for sixty seconds, but it's more of yeah. I'm just taking it to its extremities. So I yeah. mean, um, when the, I'm going to start slagging off the PT industry again here, but like when I was doing my course for my personal training and my fitness instructing, we we learned about static stretching and we learned about dynamic stretching. But the way we was taught about dynamic stretching. They taught as if like it was only something you did body weight. You just like fling your arms back and forth or you fling your legs back and forth and that's it. But here's the thing. So we just used another term, which was ramp ups. Now, I would argue that ramp up sets is actually a dynamic stretch because you're stretching the relevant muscles, but you're just doing it under load. So what we mean by ramp up is, so I mean, look, I've, I've gone infographic, so I'll fucking share it at some point uh, just put in a show notes that describes what a ramp up is but let's let's choose a very specific exercise um do you know what let's go for the squat let's go for the squat so let's say you're gonna go into the gym and you're gonna do sets of uh, let's say three sets of eight 100 kilos okay how do you warm up for that do you start doing banded pull-aparts with your knees do you start doing walking lunges do you want to bother start static stretching? Do you want to kick your legs back and forth? Or do you actually do the exercise you're warming up for and gradually just increase the load? So what I mean by that is you're aiming for a 100 kilo squat, right? So you could literally just grab the barbell, do five squats with the barbell, add 40, 40 kg onto that. Sorry, add 20 kg plates, that makes it 40 kg. Do five squats with 40 kg then do some squats at 60 kg. But as you're going up, as you're ramping up, you're lowering the repetitions. So you're literally warming up by doing the exercise you're going to actually be doing for your working sets. So what you're doing is you're literally warming up the relevant muscles you will actually be using for the exercise. And it's very simple and it's very basic. But that, in my opinion, if you were doing, say, resistance-based training, is the most efficient way to warm up hasn't it been pro- it's been proven to be effective as well isn't it isn't there like i'm sure there's stuff out I, wasn't it did you link something before about it who was it someone mentioned it i, I don't know it fucking better be because it's what i believe that's <laughs> <laughs> what you um, yeah and it goes with evidence tom yes the top the most the biggest form of evidence yeah I, I think yes you are you are right what i'd like to think about though is uh if you haven't done it before try it because what yeah. you don't want to do is spend too long with like I've seen it in gyms before. I know you've even done it myself. Spent too long at lower weights. Yeah. Pretending to warm up and feel like and I need yourself. this warmer, and then you fatigue, and then you can't yeah. hit the working sets that you need to be doing. So with with this comes like a bit of practice. I think a bit of practice, a bit of experience. So I'm not saying go in and do twelve repetitions with a barbell. Literally, I won't go above. Any, I won't go above five. You, you know, just do air squats, and if you're doing squats, you do air squats. You could do it with anything. Like if you're doing deadlifts, do it with a PVC pipe. But as they say, if I put 80 kilos on the bar, my goal is 100. I'm not going to start doing five reps at 80 kilos. I'll literally just maybe no, do. That's no longer a warm up. Is just, it? That's pretty much a working set. If I got to 80 kilos, I'll do one rep. Then I might do one rep at 90 kg, having like a minute's rest in between each set, and then um, maybe I'll just jump into 100 straight afterwards. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like I'm going to fatigue myself by... This is why it's, it's like a test and adjust and you've got to use a bit of experience and a bit of... You can use that buzzword, auto-regulation. So just go off a feeling like, am I actually knackering myself out here 
or am I preparing myself? Because here's the thing. It's all very individual, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, there's another important point to this, and that is, so we're warming up the relevant muscles, but there's something else we're warming up, and that's our central nervous system. So here's the thing. If you was to go from an empty barbell straight cold into 100 kilos, it'd be like, holy fuck, I was not expecting that. Do you know what I mean? But every time you gradually add weight to the bar, you're preparing your central nervous system for what is about to come. It's it's like um, if someone said to you, oh, there's a, a box over there, uh, just go pick it up, and they didn't tell you what was in it, and it was 100 kilos in that box, you'd go over there with your central nervous system not expecting what was going to be in that box. You'd go to pick it up, and you'd be like, oh, fucking hell, do you know what I mean? However, a complete opposite. If someone said to you, that is a really fucking heavy box over there, but they're playing a prank on you, and it's just a bag of feathers, and you go to your central nervous system is already expecting it to be heavy, so you go over there thinking this box is going to be heavy and you end up fucking launching it. Do you know what I mean? And that's like, Tom, have you seen when people get like a squat, for example, and they'll 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 rack heavier than they're going to lift just to take it off the rack, just to, and then they'll put it back and lower the weight again. So oh, they're feeling the heavy heavier yeah. weight and then they're lowering it. Do you know, that's there, there's a it's still theory as far as I know because I keep seeing conflicting evidence. But that's something called PAP, P-A-P. So okay. post-activation potential or potential, oh, okay, yeah. where basically you 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 warm up with a single lift or a couple of reps maybe heavier than what you're actually going to be doing for your working weight, and then you just rack it back in, drop yeah, the weight. Like trying to trick your mind to saying we, you know what I mean, we've done that heavy weight. Let's do this easy weight. That's it. So it recruits uh, loads of it recruits loads of muscle fibers, so that when you go down a weight, you've I, I don't know it's very psychological as well <laughs> yeah. it sounds all in your head as well a lot of mental stuff like you're prepared to go in you've done it heavy so you're like right I'm going light now there I've is studies on it I've seen it a lot on like CrossFit competitions a lot of uh, in the warm up sort of area what they'll do is say if they've got like thrusters or something like that they'll probably put like 10 maybe 20 kilos heavier do sort of 10 reps so they're like Ooh. so when they get to that bar when they pick it up they're like ah and it's that sort yeah. of tricking your mind yeah it's that perceiver now we can go yeah Exactly. Yeah, I've seen it loads. The placebo effect is really powerful. People don't, people underestimate it. It's, it can do it can do a lot. Even the army, I mean, they they have a motto which is you know train hard, fight easy. And I know that's pretty irrelevant to what we're talking about, but it's that sense in that warm up where if you do a single heavy and then drop the weight back down, suddenly it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fired up now and this ain't too bad. It gives you that confidence boost. But the thing is, like so far, I've been just talking from a resistance point of view in regards to say, yeah, squat. So with a squat. Unless you, so here, here's the thing. Like, uh, yeah, I said it. Take a shot. But like, if if you need to hit certain depth in a squat, having that extra load on your back during your ramp up sets should technically stretch you into that position that's needed anyway. But if you desperately need to get some extra range of motion, then yeah, you could do some static stretching. You could do. I'd rather just ramp up. But here's the thing. Like, uh, in regards to other sports such as CrossFit. I think there is a place for, you know, more kind of like various ways to stretch that isn't just ramping up. Well, you need to, I think, some of it. A lot of overhead work, you know. I, th- I think to to push to push everything else aside and go, I just ramp up. Yeah. I think is a bit of a an arrogant way to to approach your training. Mm. And I think looking maybe looking at static stretches, the the ones that make you feel good. You know what I mean? You're doing for a little bit, but they just make you feel... Do you know when you do it, like you lean over, you twist, you're doing that sort of uh, spine twist, you know, with your shoulders on the ground, your hips going over. 
and it sort of makes you feel good and you're just doing it for like a minute rocking side to side just holding it there that stretch and then coming out of it being I'm, I'm a big believer and i always do this with my my wife when i go training i have to be in the right mind to train and i have to put myself into like i can't go into the gym and i'm like oh, i don't feel it today i'm just not in the mood i'd rather just not train because i don't want to waste that day of training so these things so if you if you have like a couple of stretches where you like to put your arm on the wall and pull your chest just just because it maybe make you feel good i get, I oh, get yeah, what you're yeah. saying andy but what because what i was saying earlier that Remember I spoke about the studies I was talking about earlier when they were saying that it's quite it can be detrimental to sort of but performance again, output. Okay, yeah, again, that's great. You feel good, but no, you okay, could, yeah, but at what level would you say performance is is affected? Our level? Like, are we are we hitting it performancely? What who are we talking to here? Because what what are these studies showing, and how much performance is lost? Because uh to be honest, is our eating on point? Are we at this stage where we're looking? you write down all your food and everything like that and you're looking more at like a finer fine-tuned athlete sort of where I'm looking at a person that just likes to train maybe getting into competitions I'm not looking at someone who's yeah but you said it haven't you if you want to if you're doing a competition surely you want to perform at a higher level you want to you don't want to do it yeah but then point. but then you're going to counteract yourself isn't it if you're not eating the best the best food in the world yeah but not talking about eating we're talking nah, about but like but all of these all of these have an effect yeah. I, don't, I don't think that you can you can take one without the other you can't turn around and go you shouldn't do this because it impedes your performance but yet I'll go out and smash a couple of sticky bars because I'm happy with that Everything perf- uh, uh, impedes your performance, but you can't take one without the other. But if we took in for a, a training per- point of view, I perform better mentally. I perform better when I'm feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck okay. what the fuck what the research says. I personally work better when I feel good, when I'm open, you know, I'm not feeling all stiff and, oh, oh I don't want to stretch off because, do you know what, it somewhere says, and it can be quite controversial because it is, again, you as an individual. I, I, I have some days where I don't even stretch at all. I'm happy to go full dry straight into a workout and I'll come out of it and I'll feel great. Some days I need a good 10 minutes of just sitting in a squat or sitting in a lunge, you know, it's very, we've already said it, it's very personal but i would look at i would i would look at maybe something like hussein bolt that 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 sort of static stretching for him may maybe do you know where it's fine tuning where mm-hmm. or you look at like tia claire Toomey, where she's smashing a little bit too much rice or pasta them sort of fine tuning things i'd for us at our level i don't think it's going to have too much of an impact where it's going to cost us something that's great well, I think even all these all, all these studies you saw about, a lot of them even do mention that it's all very personal and that it, it's very individualised to you you as a person. Do you know what? I'll I'll defend Andy's point there because here's the thing. And uh, yep, said it again, brilliant. But yeah, like it's fucking. Hell, I completely forgot what I was going to say now. It's for some people like the placebo effect is massive, and if it makes people more comfortable by warming up in certain ways, sometimes the ritual is important. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Some people have a ritual. It's like, uh, look at look at powerlifters when some of them, some powerlifters have like very weird ways of, it's almost tribal, of when they get up to the bar and they, they, they do these weird little ritualistic things. Now, on paper, scientifically, it'd be like, oh, there is no uh, evidential proof that they're going to gain their 
you know, they're going to be able to perform the lift more efficiently if they, I don't know, they, they fucking pray to Jesus before they lift and stuff like this. But people have different little rituals and the placebo effect is massive. So it's all in the head, isn't it? Mental games are I mean, powerful. For, for the general population, for the general population, I, I, I'd actually, yeah, say with Andy, if ritual helps, go for it. So I have no problem with people having a ritual doing, well, well so yeah, performing these rituals. But where I do have a problem is when there's certain there's certain groups of people or there's certain companies or there's certain influencers that say, no, you have to do this stuff. Yeah, okay. And that's why I have a big issue with people like Squat You. Mm. So obviously, memes aside, I, I, I gob off a lot about Squat You. And I know I take the piss bill because I know you're related. But like, um, <laughs> fuck's sake! Oh, <laughs> just, just pull that out your back, Bill. Jesus, I know, I know, I know we've been, I know we've been trying to, I know we've been trying to keep that secret, you know. Disclaimer. But uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You never see Bill and Squat you in the same room. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, like, so, like, if if Andy was to say to someone, like, if your ritual helps you, go for it then yeah, cool, no problem at all. But then you get people like uh, Squat You who are like, guys, you have, you should do this. Oh, top five things you should do before you get under the bar. And they'll go into all these weird like pre-mobilization drills, which to be honest with you, you could just do ramping up. So if you want to do those things, go for it, whatever. You know, I'm not the... How It's an efficient use of your time as well. Some people only have an hour a day to train. If they spend in 30 minutes doing mobilization and only 30 minutes lifting, then at, yes. At the moment... So here's the thing, socioeconomics is the old model. I've got a new model in now. I've got the younger model, which is the barriers to exercise. Oh. So what I mean by that is at the moment, I've got a bit of a hard-on for like, what are barriers to exercise? What is prevent- preventing people from exercising? You know, or what is preventing people from eating healthy, stuff like this? And one of the barriers to exercise is time. It is time. Like people ain't got the time to do fucking 20 minutes of PVC pipe work and banded pull aparts and external rotations and blah blah blah. Like if you want to do it, go for it. But telling people, no, 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 before you squat, you need to do you need to spend 20 minutes doing this. If someone's not got 20 minutes, all you're doing is film on them thinking, well, if I don't do this specific warm-up, then realistically I shouldn't be squatting. I don't want to hurt myself or I don't want to do it wrong. And what you're doing right there is you're creating a barrier. So yeah, if you want to do things for ritualistic purposes, go for it. Honestly, go for it. I've already, I've already kind of said that I've I've seen evidence where static stretching ain't going to be detrimental realistically as long as you're not doing it for an excessive amount of time. If anything, it might even give you acute benefits to range of motion. When I say acute, by the way, that's basically when you get the benefits pretty quick, like pretty rapid. Well, you see it, don't you? In classes, they'll be like, oh. You- do this movement and then they'll be like look how look how low his mobility is and they say right do this stretch quickly and then you'll suddenly see their mobility is increased fucking tenfold i'll give you a precise time where i might need to do some static stretching because i physically cannot just do like a ramp up with it and that is a front squat so my my shoulder mobility is fucking awful if you know the front squat you've got to get your elbow right the way up and your yeah. wrist goes backwards you're like a contortionist if I can't get into that position in the first place, how the fuck am I supposed to ramp up with it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Good point. So that's where maybe, God help me for saying this, maybe I could foam roll my lats a little bit, you know, to help me get my elbow up. Or maybe I could put my elbows on the bar and lean forward and static stretch myself yeah. for a little bit. Yep. <laughs> maybe I could get, no, maybe not quite a ferragun yet, Andy. 
But uh, Whoa, all right. <laughs> little steps, little baby steps, little steps, little steps. But yeah, like something like that, I I have had to do stack stretching. But going back to the CrossFit thing as well, CrossFitters, I can understand why they need to do things like stack stretching, or even maybe a bit of maybe percussion gunning and foam rolling, maybe. I mean, my mind's still out there on the whole percussion gun thing, but foam rolling, I certainly see a use for it because, you know, as I said, Olympic lifts, certain things like getting the overhead, uh, the overhead snatch, for a lot of people, it's hard to just go into that movement cold. So I watch um, a guy called Clarence Kennedy. He's an Irish weightlifter, and his opinion on it uh, was just do the fucking movement. Yeah. And, and, and that's, so he squats every day. And uh, we all know that it's bad to squat every day. But that's how he's always done it. He squats every day. Do you know what I mean? But there's there's ver- various forms in it. You've got like sp- uh, speed, tempo, heavy, low. Do you know what I mean? There's v- so many different variants. That- the thing is as well, if he does it every day, does he need to? He's always going to have that range of motion. Yeah. And uh, and this is a guy that will snatch and it will go 60, 100, 140. And then he starts dropping down in tens. You know, he's fucking immense and he's an amazing weightlifter. But he's quite, he's quite to say, he, he's, he said it a few times on his videos and, and stuff like that, that he will just do the movements. He will just do them. Because you've got these people that like PVC, and I've even done it before, PVC like overs and unders. He's a great way to sort of stretch off the shoulders and uh, activate that uh, range of motion. Yeah. But do you want all that range of motion? Ah, potentially so it's, yeah, yeah. you know it could be too much because if you've got to, I've done this before and I don't know how you feel about this Bill have you ever gone and, too and far yet wait, yeah, you yeah. feel like you're stretching and it's just been so nice for so long that you've just ended up being there a little bit too long like for like five minutes instead of a minute and then next thing you know you're like your snatch is like way back here you're like oh shit I can actually picture this happening <laughs> yeah, in my head I have been there like or you get caught out I'll, I'll be doing something like with a foam roller and I'll just be ro- rolling my lats, but I'll get into a conversation with someone. Next thing I know, 20 minutes has passed, yet <laughs> this arm can be like up here, <laughs> and then this arm in the front squat's like down here. And I'm like, ah, shit. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I get it, but I'm just yeah. don't knock don't knock my fucking Theragun, okay? I just bought it. <laughs> I don't knock my Really good friends, okay? And I like sitting there at night time with it near my anus because it makes me feel good. Oh my god, that came out of fucking nowhere. Just <laughs> my hamstrings, you bastards! Look, look. I like to, I like to play with it round here. You know, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh god, on? we haven't got a video yet. Uh, lads, we'll move on to the um, next bit. So, moving on, kind of, we'll, we'll stay on the same stretching, dynamic stretching uh, train of thought. But, what are your thoughts on it for um, injury prevention? So, doing these stretches before to prevent injury. Ah, uh, so I've got some data here. It's not. It's not amazing, but they, they kind of come to the conclusion that it's in, after looking at re- various data, they come to sort of inconclusive outcomes that, yeah. on the positive effect of stretching on injury prevention. Yeah. I mean, I... What does that even mean? So, like, if you stretch off before, would you are you more likely to get not be injured as much as if someone didn't stretch, you know? So, if you stretch, will you not get injured as much? <sighs> I'm going to say yes, because... I like to think that your your muscles are like an elastic band. If you if you warm them up and if you yank them too hard, they're gonna snap, aren't they? So I think like warming up into it, like like a, a ramp warm up, they're all kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? You're easing your muscles into 
taking weight and tolerances. This is just referring to this is just referring to like stretching in general, like static, like more like your, your basic stretches. Yeah. So I saw evidence or age originally. The evidence I saw was basically it alluded to it doesn't really have an effect on preventing injuries. Static mm. stretching. This is static yeah, stretching. Seen, yeah. So yeah, not dynamic stretching. Not, not dynamic stretching. Static stretching. But since then, I've also seen it's just so. This was in regards to running. The evidence I've now seen is in regards to running, and it was inconclusive. So it was yeah, like it was we 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 here. can't tell you. We can't tell you if yeah. it does or a doesn't. Lot, all of these, mate, even like newer ones, are basically saying they need they need there needs to be more questions asked because they're kind of like, well, we're not really we're not really sure. Do you think it comes down to then being potentially a personal thing, like how how you and your body is? Maybe that's why it's so difficult for them to come to a conclusion because everyone's so different that they're like, well, you're telling me this thing, but then someone else is showing completely on the opposite. So they're like, fuck, what what what's right? What's wrong? I mean, if I had to yeah. take a guess here without even looking at any kind of scientific evidence, I would say that dynamic when i say dynamic stretching i'm going back to the whole ramping up thing but i'd say ramping up will probably you know help hopefully prevent injury because as i said if you get under something you're not prepared for straight away yeah. then you know that even just having that lack of self-confidence can maybe make things go a bit peat tong you know but um if you as you as you gradually ramp up you get to build on technique. So, here, oh, fucking hell, that sounds bad, actually. So, I'm not saying a lack of technique could cause injury. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that. But what I will say is that the more confident you get with doing the exercise and preparing it by gradually adding the weight, then hopefully the less chance there there is of you making a sudden deviation where you might lose control of the weight. Does yeah, that kind of make sense? Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I don't sense, yeah. I don't want to correlate a technique with injury because I don't believe that's the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Because everyone's technique yeah, is enough. different, you know. Next one we'll move on to is what do we think about a CV warm-up? So cardiovascular warm-ups like running, rowing, skier, whatever, sort of like before sort of resistance-based training. Yeah, that's an interesting one because we were talking about it before, weren't we? Mm. I know... I find this weird because there's a, a couple of people that I've trained with in the past and they like to be hot, sweaty and ready to lift. Mm -hmm. Where I'm the opposite end, I don't like to be too hot and sweaty. I don't mind being because a bit I thought, warm. Because when you argue, you're probably taxing your nervous system too much for your hot and sweaty before you go into a lift. But you don't want but to be... You... Then again, some people like some people run hot, you know? Yeah. Mm. Some yeah. people like to just not not do anything you know i mean i don't mind a little pulse razor but when i say pulse razor I, I just mean like a little pulse razor what i really don't understand is when like I, i've seen on some running apps where they're like oh before you go for your free mile run make sure you do a mile run warm-up it's like what what the fuck is that <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever but do you know what talking about warming up for things like cardio etc this is where i think things like foam rolling might make sense and that's things like People that need to do like a 100-meter sprint. People that want to get the most bang for their buck because it's very... It's one of those things where you want to save as much energy for that power output as much as possible. But then again, you look at you look at a sprinter, he, he's going to do sort of running drills that are going to yeah. warm him up, almost like a ramp warm-up. You know, he's going to have his set routine that he's going to optimise his body that he knows he can perform at his best at, you know? Yeah. They're very, they're very rarely going to go off where, yeah. where we might 
we at this sort of level we play by feel you know we might do something new we might do something that like makes us feel great consistently but these sort of these top level athletes i'm pretty sure that they have like you say a set routine where they're putting their putting their body into an optimal position to to fire off i don't think it's a case of or um, they might do like they might do a track run just as a pulse raiser at say 60 percent or whatever it is or the jog with the coach and it may do something it may not it might just be for their for their mental health well-being you know we're putting the body you know what we're doing this you might get some athletes that are just like let's high five and go down to the bottom end and run really fast i mean in particular this is where i think foam rolling might become in handy for athletes like that because they can do it for a lengthy period of time to get any range of motion they might need so let's say with sprinting in order to get the, the knee up as high as possible you know to get the hip flexor up so that they can get that massive power up when they smash their foot down. Whereas, because with with foam rolling, you don't get that that um, detrimental power loss that you do with like prolonged excessive static stretching. So that's where things like foam rolling would be quite useful in regards to warm up, I reckon. But yeah, in regards to getting the pulse up, uh, it's a bit of a weird one. I think. Don't get it wrong. Would we rec- would we recommend, for example, someone spends their time doing, let's say. 800 meter run on a treadmill before they go into squats would we say would we say that's needed would you say that's necessary uh nah. do you know what not really for a little nah. pulse raiser I'd, I'd go on if i really want here's the thing like i'm happy just get under a squat rack <clears throat> and off i go gradually and ramp up but if i was to for whatever reason go into the gym really early in the morning and i've driven and because my, uh, Joe, well, admittedly, my warm up is actually when I actually walk to work or I walk to the gym. That's my pulse raiser. But there's been times where I've driven to the gym early in the morning and I've done no activity. I've literally just crawled out of bed, got into my car, gone to the gym, and my my heart rate is just not with it yet. So maybe I'll get on something like a um, wake up, a little shake up. Yeah, like a, on, yeah, on like a bike or something like that, and yeah, just yeah. just to wake me up a little bit. I wouldn't. I I personally wouldn't do like three miles or something. You know, oh, no. like, like a like a low. <laughs> but but I wouldn't even. I wouldn't personally recommend eight hundred meters. But if someone, I would literally just do three feels, five minutes. Yeah, but if someone feels like they can get on a treadmill, I've seen guys they get on a, the assault bike for five minutes, not go full send. But go at a good pace and come off, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm ready to go." They feel fired up, and it's 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 that thing again. It's like, do they feel like they've worked the right muscles? Has it put them in a, a good mental state to lift? Are they still going to then ramp up because they're not going to run in mm. and put a hundred kilos on the bar and go unless their fucking max is like three hundred? Then they probably <laughs> are going to put a hundred kilos on and go full send. But I don't know. I'm just thinking of like time efficiency because. There'll be people listening thinking, all right, I've only got a set amount of time to be in the gym. Do I do I need to? Do I need to do this CV? Yeah, some people might do it because they've got the time. But if, if I'm someone listening now yeah. and I'm thinking, do I need to do this CV before my resistance training? Is it needed? I, you know? My opinion then is run from the car. If you've driven in, run from the car park <laughs> up to the squat rack. You, you know what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is where I'm going to say auto-regulation is important again. But if you're doing something like oh, a... Oh, word salad. I know, I know. Oh, down. But what I mean is where you, you've got to kind of judge it by how it feels to you subjectively. Because if you're doing it as a group, it's hard to auto-regulate because you can't auto-regulate a whole fucking group because everyone's going to feel different. So what I mean by... A good a good example of this is, you know, like when we used to do like the, the PFA, the mile and a half run, and then they do that warm-up beforehand where they'll take you around the track. What was it, like 800 metres? 
they'll take you 800 meters then they'll do the run so that 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 to me that's not too bad because usually it's like a light jog but i've had it with ptis where they've fucking like gone full send and it's like this is not auto regulation this is fucking 120 percent max here this is not a warm-up this is going to affect my actual performance in the run you know but, but that's that's down to them at the end of the day but it's it's subjective to how how you warm up in that regard i'd say you gotta kind of judge it off of how it feels see this is where the sort of notebook the apps the 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 filling in and i think a lot of people sort of neglect this part is how they're feeling during the day and i know a lot of people will write in their notebooks like did three sets of this did that this and that but I think more people need to start writing down like emotionally how they feel during yeah. and after each individual that's a really step. good point. Yeah, that. yeah. That's a really that's good, really good point. point. I like that, yeah. Because what people do is like, yeah, I felt shit when I come into the gym or what made me feel shit. This, and I, I know it's bone to fucking do, but I've started doing it myself. No, that's I'm trying brilliant. To find, I'm trying to find, do you know when them days where you come out of the gym and you're like, it has been fucking on it. I could have lived yeah, the world. Yeah. I could have fucking ran a hundred. But you you always forget what you did that day. Yeah. Set you up for that. And you're like, fuck. So I'm trying to... And, and that, for me, that's my biggest cue. Find out what's put you in that great mood to have that great day in the gym and try to no, recreate that every kind of day. Do you know what? Um, so I t- I've spoken about load management before. And when we think about load management, people can it is literal, it is literal, like how much load you're working with that day. But there's other forms of load as well that isn't physical, and that could be like psychological load. Like, what is your psychological load for that day? And you could write those things down as well. Yeah. You ain't always got exactly what you just said, Andy. You're not just writing down what you've lived for that day. You're writing what you felt like, what was your sleep like, your yeah. stresses, what made you feel good. You know, and it all fucking correlates at the end of the day. Um, all these things I think can have an, a big, and we always do, do talk about the big, the big jug of our performance and everything takes a part of it, you know, and you can't just have one full thing and like, you could have the best nutrition, you could have the best, uh, sleep, you could have the best, um, like warm up routine, but if your work life is on top of you so much, it affects everything else. It's, it's going to affect anything else anyway, yeah. isn't it? It's like you a game know? of fucking Jenga, isn't it? It is, it is. Massive, it is a massive game of Jenga. And I think what you what we need to try and establish is getting a feel for what, and it's, like you said, auto-regulation, and, it, and it's finding out what we're doing in life that kind of makes you feel good, you know, and, and building, building up the goodness, like building a bigger Jenga of all the good stuff and taking all the bad things away. And I know we all have bad things going on, but we, we need to focus on the good things and, and not the bad things. So, but that again comes with time and experience and going to the gym and doing all them things. Going off on a bit of a mimsical no, whim I think that's there. A good, so. I think that's a good place to finish, to be honest. So that's a good, really good point to finish. But there's, there's one thing I haven't mentioned yet. There's one thing I haven't mentioned yet. We, we've got a sponsor today, boys. Have we? Fuck off. Well, I say sponsor. It's whatever. All, all other podcasters call it sponsor, but technically it's not really a sponsor. Knocko got back to us. The Oyo Nova Gym. Oh, for fuck. <laughs> Knocko never, <laughs> never fucking replied, probably because we like ended up kind of to, half and I just, half. You know what? Slash to be it. fair, we're not the only ones. I saw someone absolutely tearing into them today. <laughs> so, you know. Really? Yeah, just okay. saying. It just fucking tastes like leucine. <laughs> oh, Oyo Nova Jim, let's be honest. We spent 45 minutes slagging them off. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think they're going to get back to us anytime also, soon. Also, I reckon that was the murder weapon used for the Zodiac killings. <laughs> oh, <here we> <laughs> 
right. But but our actual we're actually today we're going to talk about something. It's got it's gone live now. We alluded to it a few. What was it? Was it a couple of weeks ago now? It's, it's mm-hmm. train train primal. Yes, they are. They are the biggest sponsors around at the moment, aren't they? They they sponsored this episode for the whole the whole sum of one p. Oh, amazing, oh. isn't it? I know. Yeah, I know. Tell you about These it. Guys yeah. are good. They're obviously tight on budget. Fucking tight bastards. They obviously need more sign ups. It's probably but, um, it's probably because of the fucking the amount of money they put into it, making this product are fucking amazing. Making it amazing. But now I'll quickly I'll quickly talk about it. It's gone live now. Train Primal. It's a fitness community that uh, myself and Andy have uh, created over the past few months while we were fucking locked down at home. We we, we you know started building it from the the ground up. It's uh kind of yes yeah, I've said it, it's a fitness community, but it's two training programs. So you've got Primal Assault, Primal Life. Two completely different programs. One's for what we do, sort of like functional fitness, CrossFit, uh, competitor style stuff. And then Primal Life is for your everyday gym goer, someone who wants to have the option to train at home or the option to train at the gym, uh, being able to get workouts in a short time, everything's scalable. With, with or without equipment, they're both options. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's something we're, we're pushing out now. It's, it's gone live now. You can find all the details for that at trainprimal.co. I do believe you also got like tutorial videos as well, haven't you? Yeah, we've got a yeah, fucking yeah, whole YouTube yeah. account, haven't we? Just yeah, yeah. pounded full of videos. And, and it's growing, and it's growing every day. We're trying to, we're trying to add more and more. We're, we've got busy schedules now that the army have gone back to actually working. Hmm. But it's, it's we got a load always, of content, didn't we? Met ready to go, so we've, we're in a good place going forward. Place, so. yeah. And uh, and it, and again, it's it's not going to stop there. It's going to consistently grow. Like we've got the recovery videos on there that we're going to be dishing out for the for the team that are on yeah the, the warm-up videos that might work or not work yeah <laughs> depending on how you take this podcast but again yeah but again it's specific so like like you say and like we said we're always a community so that sort of give and take is going to be there so we're gonna we're gonna talk to people and see what they like doing and what they don't like doing and kind of have this discussion in our in our closed uh, facebook group which which is always going to be good because people are going to be putting in their top tips and our top tips and we can discuss and Tom's build Tom's also in this group so even though Tom isn't actually like he wasn't one of the people who started Train Prime with us not yet. well not yet but he's actually in the Facebook group so if you want to pick his brain because he obviously fucking he loves his shit it might be so. rammed full of fucking conspiracy theories by next week <laughs> but <laughs> listen um, yeah, give it a week <laughs> in, 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 in all serious if I if I did not have faith in it I would not want to be a part of it you know, and you know, without without you know, I'm not accepting any kind of parent whatsoever. I just I want to be a part of it because you know, I, I genuinely believe that what you what you guys have, it looks like a good package. You know, and not only that, but I think there's actually something to do with some free merch going on. There's definitely some Ooh. free merch going on. There is some free merch going on. So, Tom, you're by the sounds of it, you want some free fucking you want merch. Some free merch. I, I might free I merch. might sign up for a month to get some free <laughs> oh, merch. <laughs> but uh, we've basically got we've got some sort of exclusive merch that we've we've got hold of. We've got a set yeah. number amount. So basically anyone who signs up early doors, so we've only been live for a few days, we've still obviously got some packages available, but if you get in early doors the moment uh, you come onto the package fully, so after you finish your trial period, we'll get your name down. And once we've got hold of all our merch, we'll send you out sort of like a little thank you package, which comes with some little goodies and that as well. That's obviously uh, the time you listen to this. If you listen to this, I don't know, three months after it's gone live. It's that's, that's too late. It's, it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's going to be gone. So. You ain't getting nothing. You ain't getting nothing. Yeah. So once again, <laughs> trainprimal.co for all the details or just uh, in the show notes, we've got our Instagram handles in there. So just jump on there, give us a message and we'll be able to point you in the right direction. Any points, lads, on today's episode before we wrap things up about warming up? Is it me? No, I fucking I actually thoroughly enjoyed this one. Really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was actually some good discussion. I would like to just finish off with: if you enjoy doing something in a relig- in a ritualistic manner, 
just because you feel that it helps you and it's something you enjoy, then yeah, go for it. But just know that you don't have to. There's no prerequisite that you have to do all these activation warm-ups. You, Tom, can I just, you know, you keep saying ritual. I keep thinking you're telling people to like do satanic rituals before. Well, not <laughs> yet. That's, not doing that's, 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 that's next. To be fair. Do not go around the campfire. <laughs> to be fair, if, if you see the way that some guy step up to the barbell, it is a fucking ritual. It is like a, it is almost ceremonial the way they step up to the barbell. They look up to the sky, snort a bit of um, ammonia, and uh, yeah. I always a long uh, a while ago I was like, what the fuck are they doing? These guys look like idiots. But then I looked at weightlifters. Weightlifters do the same. They'll have their so there's a Chinese weightlifter I follow, and he shouts like "ni hao" or something like that, which means "fuck yeah" in China. Yeah. Chinese. Look at Ronnie and, and they do it lightweight. Lightweight, yeah, yeah, lightweight, baby. Nothing but a and peanut. It, Little yeah, things like that. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're right. You're right. Get your fucking routine down. Yeah. Fuck. Do you know smash what? It, guys. Another little thing to end this on is even there's even scientific evidence. Fucking <laughs> hell, that is dodgy. Uh, Andy showing off his percussion gun. It looks more like something from Anne Summers. But not got a <laughs> thumb, but no, but... it's a little handheld field, doesn't it? <laughs> but yeah, it like cherries. The thing is, oh, cherry lubricant. <laughs> But yeah, there's even evidence to show that, you know, the power placebo with music increases performance. So if you've got a ritual that you think increases your performance, yeah, go for it. But just know that you don't have to, you know, you can just right, simply man. warm up with the exercise. Well, put all the studies we've mentioned in the show notes, but as Andy alluded to earlier, look, it's, it's, it's all very personal. I mean, these studies can say a million and one things. But at the end of the day, if you do something that makes you feel good, puts you in a right mental state to get into the workout, and that's, that's great. That's all that really really matters, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we'll wrap up there. Been a, been a pleasure there. as always. And uh, we'll speak again next See week. See you on the next one. See, Andy, I'll, probably, I'll be talking to you tomorrow probably, but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be here together next week. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one, Jim. Right. See you later. As always, thanks for listening. Got quite uh, passionate at times there, didn't it? But yeah, we we really enjoyed this one. Uh, Some really good discussion and hopefully it's given you some food for thought for your next warm-up. If you are finding this content useful, please ensure you hit that follow slash subscribe button on your podcast app as this ensures you don't miss out on the next episode. Thanks as always for your support. We will see you next week, same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.